It's great to see you this morning on this Thanksgiving week. Wow, it's going to be a great time for you. And how many are planning on baking a turkey or grilling a turkey? Am I, any turkey people? Wow. We need to talk about turkeyism or something. Well, I hope you have a great time. I don't care what you have for Thanksgiving dinner. I hope it's a great time, great family time. Um, and I just hope it goes really good. You know, this Thanksgiving, I am so thankful for a lot of things. I, I'm, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for your heart. I see your passion. I see you coming in here almost every day of the week doing something, praying, meeting, serving. And on Sundays, you're smiling. You just love to be together. What a wonderful fellowship we have I'm also thankful for, for our pastor, Pastor Chuck and Candace. They, they're such a blessing. The last few years, I've really even grown to love him more. I've seen him in some tough moments, and I've seen his strong faith in God, his dedication, his great leadership, and we're, we're truly blessed. We have a lot to be thankful for this uh, Thanksgiving. How many say, I am a blessed person? Can you really say that today? Amen. We really are. I want to jump right into our message today. I'm talking today about you're not crazy. Just so no one gets nervous and tries to leave the service today, would you just look at your neighbor and say, you're not crazy, but you really need to listen to this sermon. Will you do that right now? Have you ever heard yourself say, man, I think I'm going to go crazy. I think we have all felt that emotion because we live in, a, in such a crazy world. It is fragile. It is broken. It is dysfunctional. It's even dark at times. I, I read uh, a report from Time magazine that just recently came out. And it said that one out of every eight adults in America now are taking antidepressants. One out of every five adults have recently received mental health care. In fact, the mental health services, they said, have jumped recently by 40% in this nation. The suicide rates, you probably have heard this, have risen about 30% since 2000 but you know you don't have to be suicidal to be unhealthy I mean almost a third of adults now report symptoms of depression or anxiety the Atlanta Business Chronicle uh, said just this week in in an article I read that 83 percent of employees feel emotionally drained in the workplace So what I'm hearing is that anxiety, fear, and depression are really, it's the new normal in our nation. We all deal with those emotions, and they can become more than just a passing moment in our life. I know we all deal with them from time to time, but they can become a hindrance. They can become a struggle place, even a place of stronghold in our life, and I'm going to preach today 
a message that you don't hear too often, I don't think. But I want to talk to you about what the Bible says about having a healthy emotional life. I believe that you can be healthy. You know, there's a text that I'm going to read and all of you could quote it. Paul wrote to Timothy during a very stressful time. In fact, he was in prison when he wrote these words. So we know that he was under stress. But Timothy, his young disciple, was also facing a very stressful time. There were false teachers that he was having to deal with. There were pastoral pressures. The church was suffering with persecution. And this is what Paul wrote, trying to boister up strength and healthiness in Timothy's mind and emotions. He said in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. That word sound mind in the original means a disciplined mind, a sensible mind, a strong mind, even a healthy mind. Did you hear that? God wants you to have a sound mind. He wants you to be healthy emotionally, healthy mentally. He doesn't want you to be dysfunctional. He wants you to be healthy. And so Jesus has given us all the resources and the power so that we can be really the most sane, healthy people on the face of the earth. That's who we should be. But the truth is that we're all susceptible. We're all susceptible to unhealthy feelings and emotions. We've all had our moments. Come on. We've all had our setbacks. We've all had our struggles. Even David, the great king of Israel, said, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? This is an emotional battle that we're talking about. But it's more than that. This is really a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual battle. Satan doesn't like you. I don't want to tell you some bad news, but he really doesn't like you very much. And he wants to seize the control tower of your mind and your heart and emotions. He wants to take over. In fact, in the last days, Daniel said this of the last days in Daniel 7, 25, that Satan will try to wear out the saints of the Most High. He wants to wear you out. Wear you out. It's crucial that we learn how to respond biblically and in a healthy way to life, to all of its stress, to all of its mental pressures, to all, this, all the unhealthiness. Your emotional health, your emotional health is going to impact your level of peace and joy is going to impact your effectiveness. It's going to impact your ministry. It's going to impact your marriage. Amen? It's going to impact uh, your family. So God doesn't want you to be laden down with all this depression and anxiety and nervousness and worry. He saved you and forgave you of all your sins. He's given you a home in heaven. That's wonderful. But guess what? He has more for you. He wants you to actually be healthy emotionally. How many have ever seen a Christian that was unhealthy emotionally? Better be careful. 
God wants you to be healthy emotionally, not just saved. He wants you to be free. You can't hide from this conversation. I, you may want to run. Ushers, please close the doors. You cannot hide from this conversation. I heard about a, somebody that called someone's house one night, and a little boy answered the phone, and the voice said, uh, can I talk with your mother? And the boy said, uh, well, she can't come to the phone right now. She said, okay, well, can I, can I talk to your father? And the little boy said, no, he can't come to the phone either. And she got a little frustrated, and she said, well, is there any, anyone else there? And he said, yes, the police are here. And this voice said, police, is there anybody else there? And he said, yes, the firemen are, they're, they're here too. And she said, well, what is everybody doing? And he said, they're looking for me. <laughs> well, you can't hide. You can't hide from the Holy Spirit. He wants to deal with you. He wants you to be whole. He wants you to be whole. Listen to this, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I love this in the message. It said, may God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, would you say that word, whole, make you, make you, make you, make you holy and whole, put you together. We need to be put together. Put you together, spirit, soul, and body and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. So what does a, a healthy emotional and mental life look like? What does it mean to be healthy today? Well, let me, let me give you five attributes of a healthy person. Number one, they have the ability to manage their emotions and their thought life. They can manage their emotions and they can manage... Their thought life. Secondly, they have the skill to function in life by handling stress in a healthy way. We all have stress, but healthy people learn how to handle that stress and be healthy all through the process. And then thirdly, it's the capacity to maintain healthy relationships and even put up healthy boundaries. Amen, Pastor. That's good. Number four, it's the power to make sound biblical decisions in life. That you're a good decision maker. That's healthiness. And number five, it's the inward that you are loved and treasured and have value because God has loved you and accepted you. And that gives you confidence. It gives you assurance. If you have those five things, you're well on your way to being healthy. God created you as a spiritual being. And you had this space inside of you, and only God can fill that space. There's nothing else in the world that can fill that space. You, you will be empty unless He transforms you and fills it up. Now, I want to say, we need good therapists. We, we need good licensed counselors. We need medical doctors. They are a gift to us and by the way, we've got some great ones that attend our church, and we fall back on them sometimes. I'm thankful for what God has given to them, and we, we're, we're blessed because of that. There are conditions that require, 
that require medication. There are some conditions that require medication, and that's okay. God can even heal that. He can give you a physical healing where you don't even need the medication anymore. In fact, somebody told me after the first service that how they had been taking medications for years and God just recently healed them and they're not taking any medication for anxiety anymore. I want you to remember something as we're going through this message. God is called in the Bible Jehovah Rapha. Do you know what that means? That means I am the one who heals you. God heals us. He can transform by renewing our minds. And it's done with the word and truth, encounters with the Holy Spirit, and with the body of Christ in many, many different ways. And it happens gradually as we grow. But I want to just zero in here that God can do it this morning. He can give you a miraculous moment of healing where the Lord just takes the burden away. He did it in the first service for some. And I'm believing God's going to do it again here in a few minutes. We don't have to let the heaviness of the world make us heavy. Amen. So I'm going to give you five principles that lead to a sound mind and healthy emotions. Five principles that will help you to get to the place that you can have a sound mind and healthy emotions. Number one, let's get to it. We need to become good stewards of our emotions. Pastor, are you going to talk about emotional stuff? Yes, I am. We need to hear this. You know, emotions are a part of who we are. They are given to us as a gift from God so that we can express and experience life. God didn't make you to be a robot, to be dull and never express emotions. And, you know, one of the biggest factors in broken marriages is that people are afraid to express their feelings and their emotions in a healthy way. God gave us emotions. In fact, he gave you 42 muscles in your face alone so that you could express emotions. Some of you need to practice that. Why don't you look at your neighbor right now and give them a nice big smile and just exercise those 42 muscles. Come on, do it right now. So emotions are great. They're wonderful. Just as long as you don't get stuck in the harmful, bad ones. We need to recognize our own emotional life. Come to grips with it. We can't live without emotions, but I tell you one thing, we can't live by our emotions either. We live by faith. We live by the truth of God. And we have to let the Holy Spirit take control. Some of us have an attitude that is not good because we have an atmosphere that is in our heart and mind and spirit that is not good. It's wrong. We're thinking the wrong things and we have all these emotions that are getting out of control. The atmosphere is wrong, so we have a bad attitude. We can correct it. Sadness, if it's not dealt with, can become depression. Anger can become aggression, rage, even abuse. Good pleasure can get bent and warped and can become a sinful addiction. 
Insecurity can become fearful, controlling behavior. Healthy grief that we all need to experience can turn into unhealthy heaviness and grief. You see how it can get out of control? I mean, I was in the gym one day, and I heard a terrible racket across the gym, and this man was literally screaming. He, I don't know what happened. Something happened that he didn't like, and he just lost control. Suddenly, the staff of the gym came running out, and they surrounded him, and he's screaming. He's out of control, and they couldn't get him under control. He's about to be violent. So the police were called in. The police were called because this man, his emotions were out of range. He was out of control. I I don't know his story, but something in him had not been healed. He needed a God encounter. There were places in his life that were so out of control that he could not steward his emotions. The second thing I want to tell you is that we need to activate, hear the word, we need to activate clear-headed biblical discernment and wisdom. Biblical discernment and wisdom. We have to be spiritually alert today. And we do it through the power of the Holy Spirit and truth. We need to develop filters. We need filters. Uh, We need a good delete button so that when things come to us, we can say, delete that. Delete that. Have you ever had something? Delete that. Get a phone call? Delete that. Have a sudden fantasy? Delete that for sure. We need a delete button. You know, everything is coming at us. Crisis is all around us. It's like flaming missiles are being shot at us. Lies and false messages and All kinds of things trying to get to us and lodge into our minds. Offensive words, fears, all kinds of thoughts that we don't really need to entertain. We just have to become spiritual traffic controllers. Come on, right now, I'm going to deputize you. Raise up your right hand. Everybody, come on, raise it up. I mean this. I deputize you in the name of Jesus to be spiritual, spiritual traffic controllers. I want you to take control of your mind and take control of your emotions and walk in health. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, don't believe every thought that goes through your mind. Jesus, help us. Don't be lazy in your thought life. Rise up and take control. Stop catastrophizing. Now, that's a good word. Don't make everything into a catastrophe. Stop feeding sinful fantasies. Stop it. Replace the bad with good things, wholesome things, healthy things, things that honor the Lord and honor people. Bring your thoughts captive to God's Word, according to 2 Corinthians 10. And this is one I do sometimes. Pray through the fruit of the Spirit. Pray through them in Galatians 5. Go through the list. Holy Spirit, fill me up with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. And give me faithfulness today and gentleness and give me self-control. Is that okay? 
I'm talking about activating discernment and wisdom. We have to refuse anxiety because we know it's not wise to live in it. We have to discern it that this is foolishness. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said it four different times in this one chapter, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. And the word anxious means that we are divided in our mind. That we're pulled apart. That we're, we've got a good thing and a bad thing. We're in the middle and we're anxious about it. This is activating discernment and wisdom. That's how we do it. Number three. Is we need to let God heal our past. Hey, we've, we've all got stories, right? I've got a story. You've got a story. All God's children have got a story. You're not unusual because you've got something in your past. Hey, we all got something in our past. You think you're unusual because you've got some wounds and bad memories? Hey, we've all got some wounds and bad memories and things in our life. But we've got to let God heal our regrets and guilt and shame and fear. This is the way it works. Listen to me now. Those wounded places that are in our story, they trigger things in us. They become triggers. They're triggered by words. They're triggered by situations. They're triggered by people's reactions, by some memory, by walking into some place you hadn't been in a long time. And it just triggers something in you. Way from your past. And then... You start feeling emotions, the old emotions that you felt in that old place. It's still there because you're letting it trigger you. And then the third step is that you start responding to life in an unhealthy way because you are feeling the old feelings. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying... That when God comes in and heals your story, that you don't have to live with those old pains and feelings and emotions anymore. You don't have to live with it. Great goodness. Mike Tyson, the former heavyweight boxing champion of the world, said, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. <laughs> have you ever been punched in the mouth? It doesn't feel good. It hurts. I decided to stand off this big bully in our neighborhood one day on the baseball field when I was a kid, and he punched me right in the mouth, and it didn't feel good. But I put it under the blood of Jesus, I want you to know. <laughs> and you've got to put it under the blood of Jesus. You've got to let the Holy Spirit clean out that old stuff. Clean out those old messages. So that it doesn't trigger you anymore. God can destroy the trigger. I said God can destroy the trigger. That's the kind of God that we serve. When I was a kid, you know, I used to go down to Savannah. We lived in Charleston. We'd go down to Savannah to visit my aunt. She lived, had a house, an old place, right on the Savannah River. I loved to go there. We would fish and crab and we would swim. But I never wanted to swim at low tide because your feet would get down into the mud 
It wasn't fun because you never knew what was down there in the muck and the mire. Beer cans and broken bottles and trash and all kinds of things were down on the bottom of the Savannah River. So we only went swimming when it was high tide. That way we knew we weren't going to touch the bottom because down there on the bottom there was some ugly stuff. I look around today, my goodness, you guys look so good. You look so put together. You, you've got your Sunday on. But the truth is, uh, down there deep inside, in the muck and the mire, there may be some broken bottles and old cans and stuff sitting around. But when you get into the presence of Jesus and you open up that place, he can walk in there and clean house for you. Oh, I want him to clean house. Come on, raise your hand and praise him right now. Raise your hand and praise him right now. Oh, he's the healer. He's the healer. Ten lepers came to Jesus. Oh, they were in terrible shape, been lepers for years. And Jesus said, go to the priest. And on their way, they get cleansed. They're whole. All the sores and all the grime and all the terrible things that they had suffered with. It, their skin was made like a brand new baby. They were so thrilled. They took off home. They were celebrating, partying. But one said, I need something else. I want to get back to Jesus and I want to thank him for what he did. I want to worship him. I want to praise him. And he, the Bible says he ran and fell down at the feet of Jesus on his face, praising God out loud. Jesus said, where's the other nine? And he's, I don't know where they went, Jesus, but I want to praise you. I want to worship you. And this is what Jesus said. He said, rise up and go your way. Your faith has made you well. What? What about the other nine? They're well too. No, Jesus gave him something the other nine didn't get. You know, the word well is the word sozo in the original. It's a form of that word. And the word sozo means to be made whole, to be saved, to be restored. What he got wasn't another physical healing. He was already healed. What he got was cleansed out. All those years of leprosy, all the pain and the agony, all the things that were pushed away in his life where he was left alone in agony, all the devastation mentally and emotionally and the depression and all the fear, the Lord must have wiped it out that day and he said, you are made whole today. I'm going to set you free because you came into my presence, hallelujah. Oh, listen to Psalm 34, verse 18. It says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. And he saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. You know, I came with a great expectation today that your daily life can improve. Your sleep patterns can improve. Your moodiness can improve. Your relationships can improve. Your decision making, it can improve. Your marriage can improve because the Lord can heal your story. Amen. 
Give him praise. Hallelujah. The fourth principle is that we need to learn how to rest in the Lord. Wow. The truth is that most of us don't know how to do that. He's not speaking here about physical rest like you're going to do this afternoon probably, hit the couch and take a nap. He wasn't talking about that. He's talking about a spiritual step. It's Psalm 37, 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Resting in the Lord is, is a very special thing. It's a spiritual practice that involves us becoming still. Stop. Lean in to the Lord. Stop laboring with your own efforts. Give up the anxiety. Just stop straining. Trying to be good enough. Trying to be cool enough. Trying to be hip enough. Trying to be good looking enough. Just stop. Will you? Stop trying to impress people. Stop trying to figure it out. You'll never figure this out. Stop analyzing. Stop. Everybody say stop. stop. This means that we come into a place of rest. When I was a teenager, I traveled with a great choir, and we went all over the place. And we'd get on a bus, and take off for several days or a week or something. And we learned that our director and the leadership that were with him they would take care of us. You know, when I got on the bus, I didn't have to worry about what I was going to eat that night for dinner. They had it all arranged. They knew what we were going to do. I didn't have to worry about, am I going to have a bed to sleep in tonight? They had it. They had our itinerary already planned out for us. They just wanted us to relax, lean into their care and Enjoy the trip. Did you know God wants you to enjoy the trip? He's got your itinerary already planned. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. He's got, well, I don't understand why this is happening. That You just haven't lived long enough. One day you will understand it all. But we're not going to understand it right now. I love the psalm. I want you to say it with me. You could all quote it. Let's say it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He restores it. Do you believe that? He's got you. He's got your future, your concerns, your family, your finances. He's got you. Resting in Him is not just for Sunday. Oh, I can't wait to get to church at restoration on Sunday so I can rest. You need, you need to do that on Monday. Come on. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every day. This is a daily walk. How, how do I do that? Well, sometimes I just whisper the name of Jesus. Sometimes I just have to keep surrendering things. Somebody says something that hits me wrong. Okay, Lord, I surrender that to you. Something happens I don't like. 
okay, Lord, I just, I just surrender it. I, some challenge comes my way, and I don't, I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Lord, you know, I surrender this to you. Cherish Bible verses. Read them. Put them on the refrigerator. This is how you rest. You get in the Word. I mark my Bible up. Maybe you keep yours clean, but I mark mine all up. And there are places I've even put dates by verses because I cherish those places. And when I'm in anxiety or fear or worry or stress or whatever, sometimes I have to go back in the Word and dig out those places. I'm resting. Sit with Him. Ask Him to draw close to you. Sometimes I say this, Father, I need you to bless me today. Is that okay? Is it okay to ask him to bless you? Yes, it is. It's resting in him. Remind yourself that he loves you and accepts you just the way you are with everything going on in your life. He still loves you. Trust your future with him. That's what I do. I'm getting old, Lord. What am I going to do? Trust me. I'll take care of it. All your concerns every day. His timing is immaculate. His timing is phenomenal. When you rest in Him, he, you begin to see His timing. You know, Thursday, I was sitting, this Thursday, I was sitting on the side of my bed at 5 a.m. in the morning. And I was praying. I was trying not to wake up Linda. I had this sermon working and to be honest with you it wasn't going real well I felt the weight of today I was trying to lean into the Lord that that morning I was praying quietly I was seeking the Lord's presence the Lord speak to me Lord I need you to take this and help me and I was just just really having a little prayer meeting on the side of the bed five o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden my phone went off at 5.07 with a text message. I thought, who in the world is going to text me at 5.07 in the morning? And I looked down at my phone, and it was Pete Wilson. Pete, are you here? He was in the first service. Pete Wilson texted me. He had, I'd ask him to pray with me about my sermon this week and be my prayer partner, and, and he he didn't know what I was preaching about or anything. But he texted me that day at 5.07 a.m. I want to read you his text. He said, Pastor, been praying that God quiets your mind and gives you an amazing anointing on the message you have so faithfully prepared. And then he threw in some joke about my golf game that I'm not going to talk about. <laughs> but I want to tell you, in that moment, you know what I felt? I felt like Father God was just reaching down and giving me a big bear hug. I felt his love. It's like, okay, I'm going to use Pete Wilson. And I'm going to let you know really how much I love you. And the amazing thing is I counted that I got about five text messages over the last few days. And every one of them, the timing was unbelievable. The last one I got was one of my granddaughters who texted me when I got to church this morning and said, I'm praying for you to preach today, Poppy. I want you to know something. 
I want you to know that God loves you infinitely beyond anything that you can ever comprehend. He is profoundly close to you if you will just recognize Him. He's not far from you. He's close to you. And resting means that we accept and lean into His love. Don't question His love for you. The devil will say, you're not worthy. You're a long way off. You're not faithful enough. God doesn't pay any attention to any of that. That's a lie. He's right there close to you. And he'll never leave you. You know what Jesus said to his disciples in John 15 verse 9. He said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now, isn't that amazing? He said, remain in my love. Wow. The same kind of love that the father had for Jesus, his son, is the same quality love that he has for you. He's that committed to you. And then Jude 21 blew me out of the water this week. This is what Jude 21 says. Keep yourself in God's love. As you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. In other words, we have to engage ourselves spiritually and work with our mind and thoughts to stay in the center of God's love. That we are loved, we're forgiven, we're accepted, we're treasured, we are God's children. That's who we are. Stay in that space. Don't let anything take you out of that space. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Don't let the devil make you doubt your position. Don't let fears and concerns make you doubt God's forgiveness in your life. Don't let the devil throw condemnation or guilt into your life. You stand strong in your salvation. You stay in the love of God, and it will make you healthy. It will make your thoughts healthy. Number five, and in, in closing, we need to be actively pursuing the Lord and His presence. We do. I have found out that healthy people love to be in the presence of God. And for me, that, you know, that's praying often, studying His Word, of course, passionate worship, lingering in His presence, not being in a hurry. Seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a way that you press in and pursue God. And then being filled over and over and over again with the Holy Spirit. Respond to altar calls, people. Pursue God. Don't, don't just run for the doors and go to McDonald's. Come on down to the altar. Linger. Let people receive ministry. Let people pray for you. And have spiritual conversations with brothers and sisters. Let them help you process your faith. This is how we pursue God. You see, this pursuit is personal. It's intentional. It's committed. It's the woman pressing through the crowd to touch the hem of his garment. It's Moses on the mountain crying out, Lord, show me your glory. It's Jacob 
wrestling with God all night long for a blessing and saying, I will not let go until you bless me. It's John in prison on an island. That's a prison. And he's in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he's hearing the voice of the Lord. It's Paul and Silas at midnight with beaten backs singing songs of worship in a jail cell. They're pressing in. They're pursuing God. They want more. And they know they've got to be healthy. So they've got to have God more in their life. You know, I see this pursuit here at Restoration. I see you guys. I'm blessed every Sunday when I look across the congregation and your eyes are closed and your hands are up in the air and you're passionate. I see it in your smiles as you fellowship with one another. I see you lingering in the altars, serving with joy, praying in prayer meetings, praying together in the hallway because we aren't crazy. We are getting healthy. Our minds are being restored. Come on. Our emotions are getting healed. We're being made whole by the power of God. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Sometimes, you know, to pursue God and get healthy, it means that we've got to humble ourselves down. We, we've got to get past our images. You know, I've got this image. I, I can't show any emotion in worship. We've got to get past that. We've got to break apart the hard places in our heart. That's making us unhealthy. That's making us depressed and afraid and nervous and anxious and grieving because we can't let go. We've got to break up those places that are resistant. The greatest need we have before God, here it is, the greatest need we have before God is to have a need. That's the greatest need we have. It's just to have a need. To say, I need this. Hosea 10, 12, the prophet said, break up your fallow ground. That's hard ground. That's got so much hardness on it that it can't even receive the rain anymore. He said, break it up, for it's time to seek the Lord that He may come and rain righteousness upon you. Listen, we need rain. How many wants the Lord to rain upon your heart? Rain in your emotions. Rain in your mind. Give cleansing and wholeness and joy and peace again. You can be healthy. I had a missionary friend that worked in Haiti he would go through the villages preaching the gospel did a great work he said one time he was up in Haiti it was hot the sun was blazing and he said there had been a drought for months they had not had any rain all the crops had died cattle were dying in the fields he said he said it was a miserable, miserable condition. And he said he was traveling along and he looked over and he saw this poor Haitian farmer. He was out in this dry field. It was dead as it could be. And he had an old hole. And he was out there and he was breaking up this tough soil. 
that caked up and he was breaking it up and he was trying to get the ground open and healthy again. And he said that he, quite honestly, he thought, wow, it's so hot. I, that's such senseless labor. That is crazy for him to work that hard out there. And he said he got to the village he was to stay in, to stay in that night and they had him in a little hut and he said he was awakened in the middle of the night hearing something hitting the top of the hut. And he said he went outside and lo and behold, it was raining. Hadn't rained in months. And he said it started pouring rain. And he said the first thing that came through my mind, he said I remembered that poor farmer that had broken up the ground and he said there was one person at least that had a field that was ready to receive the rain that was coming out of the heavens. He was ready because he was open and he was pursuing and he wanted everything that he could get that day. Someone here today is getting ready to receive new rain in your life. I believe that. Somebody's getting ready. Matt Whitney after... This is in closing today. Matt Whitney came to me and he was telling me a great testimony that came out of the men's retreat. And it's about Cliff Hitt. Some of you know Cliff. He's in his 40s. And he was telling me some things about his story. And I thought, wow. Can, can I get permission to use his story as testimony Sunday? And so I, I called Cliff and we had a great conversation. And he said, Pastor, I just, I want you to use my story. If it will help anybody, I, I want to help somebody. And I'm thankful for that. You know, Cliff told me how he struggled with anxiety. He lost some of his family that died suddenly when he was young. And it traumatized him. It, it left him with the fear of death and all these questions about heaven and eternity a lot of anxiety, he said, and it, it just followed him all the way into adulthood. And he said, I, I've struggled. He said, I, I have awakened in the middle of the night feeling anxious, not being able to sleep and worrying about all kinds of things. And he, he said, I started worrying about being an effective dad, didn't know how to be a good father. He said, I felt like I couldn't do anything right. and I didn't have joy in my life. And then he said, two years ago, I went to the men's retreat. And he said, when Brian Porzio preached that day, he said, something changed. Something happened. And he said, Brian started helping me and talking to me. And then he said, I started attending the Thursday men's discipleship group. And then he came again this year to the men's retreat. And he said, it just all started coming together. God began showing him he was healed. That life was going to be different. And he said, Pastor, I want to tell you something exciting. He said, the burden of my heart has been taken away. He said, something has happened to me. I have been transformed. He said, all my anxiety. He said, every bit of it is gone. I don't even have it anymore. Hallelujah. He said, I've never felt this kind of joy. 
I've never felt this kind of peace before. He said, I'm praying now a lot more. And he said, my wife, Jamie, said, she said, I've got a new man living with me. I've got a new man. I've got a new man. I want to tell somebody today that this is real stuff. God can give you a miracle in your emotional life. You don't have to carry anxiety, fear, or depression. I, I know that's the new normal today in our culture. Fear, anxiety, and depression. That's the new normal. But praise God, we are the redeemed of the Lord. And we walk in the freedom of the Holy Spirit. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. Hallelujah. I, I know that you can be healthy. That you can have a new day. You can have new feelings. You can have new confidence. I've been praying for you. And I'm, I've been asking the Lord to do a miracle right here, right now. I want you to stand with me as our musicians come. I want you to close your eyes. Bow your heads. Right now, I'm not going to ask you to come to this altar. I am asking you to make the place where you stand not an altar. I'm not asking you to get on your knees, but to make it a holy place. The place you're standing is holy ground. It's holy ground. You may, you may feel like the patriarch that said, I feel like I need to take my shoes off because I'm standing on holy ground. The Lord wants to come and heal your soul, heal your emotions. Would you lift up your hands right now and receive the rain of the Holy Spirit? Come, Holy Spirit, come into this place. Now, Lord, in the powerful name of Jesus, I come against the spirit of fear and anxiety and depression, and I command you to leave this room right now. I speak new life over our emotions and over our minds. I speak renewing in the name of Jesus. Come on. Let your mind be renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come into His presence right now. Come into His presence. I want you to forget about the person on your left and on your right. And I want you to have a conversation with the Lord. I want you to go back and every hurting place, I want you to say, Jesus, would you heal that hurting place? You know, that event in my life where I was abused, where I failed you, that event where I was traumatized, that place where I was let down, where somebody hurt me and wounded me. Jesus, I give it to you right now. Heal that place. Take away the broken emotions and feelings and fill me up with the newness of spirit. Will you do it right now? Come on, pray that prayer. Pray that prayer. In Jesus' name, all over this room, receive the presence and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Again and again, all that I have is a hallelujah. Hallelujah.
No, it's not much. I've nothing else fit for a king. Come on, we'll worship him. Come on, get lost in worship. Oh, just praise him right now. Renew, 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 restore, restore, restore. So come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy of me. Lift up your song. Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs. Come on. Get up and praise the Lord. Yes. You have his spirit now. Come on. Come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy of me. Lift up your song. Cause you got a Amen. Amen. I believe some people are touching the Lord right now. I'm going to ask our prayer team, our people group leaders, our staff that are available, if you can just come down here because I'm going to dismiss everybody. But if you just feel like you need to just have a prayer with someone to seal what the Lord stirred up in you today. I want you to come and just let someone minister to you. There's a deep healing going on right now. And don't listen to me. I just feel like that there's someone here right now that's pushing this away and saying, this can't really happen to me. I, I'm too complicated for it to be this simple. God's power and grace is not simple, but it's available. It's available to you right now. And all you need to do is just receive it. And let the Lord heal you. And so I'm going to dismiss everyone else. But if you want to stay and linger. And you want the grace of God to be with you in a new way. I want you to come down here. Get healthy. Let him make you healthy. We need it during the holiday time. Let him make you healthy. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And give you peace. Amen and amen. God bless you as you go today.